The sun, surf, and gentle sounds of crashing waves against the sandy shores may bring to mind a welcome respite from daily life. But as with human surfers, the beach is life for some tidal animals. There's a whole world of creatures living and dying in the swash and backwash of the briny tide, where the land meets the sea. But learning to live in this unique ecosystem is how one snail makes its way in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about an aquatic olive garden. <laughs> but more on that later. Uh, olive Garden's my favorite restaurant of all time. So this must be your favorite animal of all time. Sure. I mean, it doesn't look as delicious as uh, bottomless breadsticks and uh, chicken and yaki soup, but, but we can work with it. So... I'm interested to find out what you've called this thing because I couldn't find any, like, colloquial names. This specific species. There's some for the, like, the whole genus and the subfamily. We'll talk about that. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, I don't, so I don't have one specifically for the, the species. Um, but anyway, we're talking about the Olivella semistriata. Olivella semistriata. So what I've the I guess the genus are called dwarf olives. Yeah, that's the they're the dwarf olive snail. So I'm just I throughout my notes I call it the olive snail. That's a that's exactly what I've called it throughout my notes. <laughs> Perfect. W what do you know, the olive snail? Although there's the yeah, the entire genus is olive snails. Yeah. The taxonomy is gonna be nuts. The dwarf olive is a pretty good nickname, but here's some other ones. Uh, the olive nudie branch. Extending an olive nudie branch of peace. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the olive nudie branch of peace. Because nudie branches are like gastropods. And an olive branch and is... And an olive branch is... Get it? Phrase. Do you get yeah, it? Yeah, it's good. I'm glad you got it. Uh, so the next one is the swash surfing snatcher. That's good. Yeah, we're going to talk about swash surfing later on, or you'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's all I've got. Other than that, we're just going to call it the olive snail. Okie dokie. All right, here we go. It's in a little-known kingdom on the far side of a fair country, um, and that kingdom is known as Kingdom Animalia. Of course it is. The phylum is mollusca. So it's a mollusk along with cephalopods and clams and all kinds of neat things um this the class is gastropoda which means stomach foot uh i always love saying that and uh there are three clades to follow this up uh in no particular order they are canogastropoda hypsogastropoda and neogastropoda interesting yeah clades not all animals have them but this tiny snail does. Uh, <laughs> the super family is the Incredibles. Get it? No. Please? P please? Oh, again? <laughs> we did this. Oh, did I do that already? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm be uh, I have, like, old man the, brain. Same same thing happened last time where I was like, what? how is this the Incredibles? 
<laughs> and it got you it, like it, it should be so obvious it's, it's the, they're the super well because I'm thinking about the an, the animal <laughs> and I'm thinking you're making a joke about the animal no it's the super family um, but yeah I'm I'm quickly devolving into dad brain as I transition <laughs> into this phase of life so I'll just make the same exact jokes over and over again um, so the super family is actually olivoid da the e and the a the e before the a and then the family is olivellidae with the a before the e and then the genus is olivella the subgenus we've even got one of those is pachyolivia like it's an elephant olive (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and the species is semistriata so the binomial nomenclature is the name of the animal, Olivella semistriata. I'm assuming that means a uh, kind of striped olive. I will go into exactly why it's called semistriata. Okay. Um, but but first, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, critter groups. Part of the show where I ask you a question and that question is the same every time what is the name of a group of these animals or the term of venery for these animals or the collective noun if you saw a group of snails would you call them a a squalor of snails b a paste of snails (laughs) c uh an escargatoire of snails or d a shell of snails Escargatoire, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Escargatoire. Ugh, what a red herring that is. Unless it's the right thing. As we've come to expect, the people that do the terms of venery are out of their minds, and they're the least consistent people of all time. That's because it's not the same people. It would be so like these people. <laughs> This this cabal. Yeah, you have this idea, yeah, idea of this secret organization that just wants to mess us up in particular, and this, biology this students. This cabal of absolute lunatics would just throw a weird French-sounding word once and only once into the terms of entry. It seems so out of left field that it just might be the right answer. Over the first two, squalor and paste. You've used squalor before. Oh my goodness! Paste is good. I'm gonna have to go to the to the lighthouse that is Esquire Guitar <laughs> or whatever it was. Esquire Guitar. It's my. It's what uh, Eric Clapton uses. It's, it's, <laughs> it's his favorite <laughs> instrument. No, it is. Isn't that for kids? Esquire Guitar. An Esquire Guitar. Uh, yeah. I mean, an Esquire guitar, yeah. Or Squire, not Esquire. Squire, that's right. It's not a lawyer guitar. (laughs) This is is Fender. Esquire. Esquire guitar, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going with Escargotois? It can't be this, but I... It it can't be anything else. It can't be this? That's are, you, going with this. are you limiting the imagination of this uh, secret naming cabal that you've invented? I'm saying from a moral standpoint, <laughs> it shan't be this. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Well, the, you're absolutely correct. The answer is escargotois. 
I hate them. That is. Do you honestly think I could have made that up? I guess I could have. That, that's but. why. That's why I was drawn to it. It just makes. It, it just. It's. It's infuriating. I thought that they would even go with this random French word. Like they. They didn't even. They put another suffix on an already French word. I mean, it's spelled escargatoire. Yeah. But I know it's toile. I thought about adding another um, complicated French word in there just to throw you off, but then I was like, that might really draw attention to the Frenchness of it. So I want to throw. I. What you would have had to have done would ju- was just be say the French word for every single thing you just said. Squala, paste, escargotoire, yeah. and shell. <laughs> I don't know how to Frenchify that. L'échelle. There we go. Oh, good job. <laughs> you did it. What a bunch of crazies. But let's, so let's talk about what this uh, this guy looks like. I mean, okay. it's a snail. We all know what a snail looks like. But snails take on many different shapes and forms, so we have to be specific. So the olive snail has uh, a sharp, pointed shell. So it's not that classic looking big round one that land snails have Um, this one is very streamlined Uh, the bottom half is smooth and shiny the whole thing's made out of calcium carbonate Um, but the top half is not so smooth and shiny and it has these long longitudinal grooves meaning up and down uh, where latitudinal is you know horizontal left and right Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's like a ladder. I always remember that. Um, and these grooves along the top half are called striae, which is why it's called semi-striata. So it's basically the olive snail grooves on half of it. The grooves on half of its <laughs> snail. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's there's the, the deep um, and rich history of this name. Uh, so the shell itself has a large whorl. <laughs> whorl. <laughs> W-H-O-R-L. I mean, I guess I say whorl, but I mean, you might think of W-H-I-R-L. And that's not, no, it's whorl. Like whorl. Coral. And that's the that's the spiral part of a shell. So if you picture Gary the snail from SpongeBob, um, that, yeah, the spiral part, if it's, you know... If it's, the curls are tight and close together, then that would be a small whorl. Um, and, but if they're far apart, it'd be a, a large whorl. And so Gary has a, I guess he's got a medium whorl, um, where our friend the olive snail over here has a, a large one. The curls are far, far apart relatively. Um, the actual snail part, so this, we've just been describing the shell, but there's a there's a living animal inside there. Um, it's a, like the snail, like most snails, is like a bowl of brownish gray snot, and <laughs> and it has um, a propodium, which is called mm-hmm. the front part of the foot, um, that makes its unique feeding behavior possible, which I know you'll talk about later. Um, other than that, I. I uh, I'll I'll leave the rest of the 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 major fact um, in terms of its appearance as a sn- as a snot bowl, uh-huh. and instead ask the dreaded question: How big is it? <laughs> how big is it? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the beloved Measure Up segment. 
the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the entire family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering. The words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We have a new measure up intro. Hooray! As we return for the last time to the Nantahala Forest Saga, uh, that is a, a collection of measure ups sent in uh, under duress by Carlos's family. It's a discography. You have to you have to listen to it from start to finish to really get the whole message. This one is actually the third of the series, but I switched it because it was we had just done Henry two times ago oh this is another henry this is not from the nanahala national forest this is a different time when i held family hostage in order to get measure ups oh is it yes oh you're you're right the nantahala national forest starts with a track three so there must be other ones i got it i'm sorry i'll label these next time it's okay this one's actually called henry japanese loud so let's listen to that (laughs) Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. I'm excited. So, Dekada, so now I kind of want me to take it aside. Measure up! Do you have any idea what those words mean? That was a, another just level of energy unheard of from that man. Uh, so, the first part when he's speaking Japanese is kind of more of his normal energy. Yeah. Yeah, e- maybe even less so. Um, and then he just explodes with WWF energy. Um, and what he was saying, I'm pretty sure, is the only phrase in Japanese that he remembers from school, which is, uh, I would like to see the red one over there, please. <laughs> which is incredibly useful if you happen to be... What a specific <laughs> phrase. ...navigating um, just the uh, the urban areas of Japan. All I remember is, Giritama. Which G- means, Gudetama, which means, which means sad egg. <laughs> sad egg. Uh, I remember, um, which means, uh, that's my new car. <laughs> it's so intense. <laughs> that's because they're, in, they're, you know, if you watch uh, samurai, like samurai movies. movies, they're all intense. If you watch samurai movies, a movie about Japanese warriors, all Japanese people <laughs> are, are intense. intense. <laughs> That's exactly how a uh, traditional samurai would talk about his new car also. <laughs> all right, let's get into it before we get into trouble. Length. They're about, well, this is, so it was incredibly difficult to find any uh, measurements for these creatures. They're clearly small, but... There's apparently some controversy as in like they they couldn't tell the difference between two different species because they couldn't identify a species until it was a certain size. So then they assumed there were two different species, but there were actually one species that didn't look a certain way until it grew past 10 millimeters. Uh, but what it seems is that these guys are between 10 and 12 millimeters. Um they might be up to 15 millimeters, but we're in that range. We're going to call it 10 millimeters or 0.3 inches. So, how many olive snails go into the length of the longest surfboard? Huh. That's got to be pretty long. Well, here's a hint. 
Uh, it's actually a good hint. The surfboard was made in Hunty- Huntington Beach, California, and it was ridden by 66 people in a demonstration. That was an amazing hint because I was about to say, like, 12 feet sounds right. <laughs> Both of the hints I have for these are, are very good. This is this is uh, unheard of that these hints are actually helping me. I think it's happened once before. Wow, so this is a 66 people. That is... I really want to see this. Well, then I have to say it's probably at least two feet per person that could ride on it, right? That sounds about right. Unless they were all like stacked on there like sardines Um, or Pringles. More like Pringles, probably. Uh, But we'll say two feet per person. So I'm going to say... Um, 132. I'll throw some cheddar on there for the front and back of the board. And I'll say 140 feet. Okay, final answer? Yes, final answer. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, oh, oh yeah, well, yeah, how many snails? It's 140 feet. <laughs> i got to figure out how many snails go in. Um, and so, so 0.3. It's a little bit more than 0.25, which is a quarter of an inch. Oh, wow. Um I'm, I guess I'm going to... I'm not going to do this in my head. 5,040. 5,040 snails? Yes. The correct answer is 1,280 snails. Uh, what, I think what, where you went wrong... Was the guessing? ...was assuming that the 66 people were single file. Oh, did they do like a pyramid or something like that? No, there were some were standing next to each other. It was also a wide board. Oh, uh, yep. That's I. There, there's. You've reached the limits of my imagination. You, <laughs> you, you found the like approximate square footage. When I can't fathom that a board might be wide <laughs> to accommodate people. Uh, but yeah, it, it, the board was forty-two feet long. Yeah, I mean, it, a hundred and forty-foot board seems like. Um, impossible to ride a wave on, but I was like, I, str- strange things are happening. Strange things. Okay. Yep. Since you love it so much, we're going to talk about the <laughs> super family. The Incredibles. Uh, my, fa- yeah, see, my, my favorite is Dash because he's very fast. We're going to talk about the size of the super family. Uh, it's not four people in the Incredibles. It's five genera. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually five people. So, yeah, exactly the same because I forgot about the baby. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the baby, too. Uh, so Jack the super family Olividae has five genera. So how many Olividae-sized <laughs> groupings go into the amount of olives that it takes to make a liter of olive oil? So five is your unit. And how many of that go into the amount of olives it takes to Make a liter of olive oil. Oh, this is going to take me all of a day to figure out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's a hint. It's very good. Extra virgin olive oil is produced with six kilograms of olives. So that's uh, about a little over 12 pounds. So there's a huge range depending on the size of the olive in your six kilograms. We're going to go with the upper end. (coughs) So you're trying to think about smaller on average olives. An olive weighs an ounce. So if it takes, and you said extra virgin? Yeah. 
and this is what we're going with uh-huh okay why are you laughing what I'm- just because the 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 onus of this part of the show is to give you a better picture of how many you know you know make it a more relatable term and we're gonna take something like the the number five amount of genera and we're gonna relate that to a whole lot of olives that and that's just funny that's just funny to me (laughs) this isn't the first time you've had you've done this well this uh, the only reason i've done this is because these scientists are not writing down the weights of things there was one time where in a you... place on the internet I can find. <laughs> you gotta you gotta surf the dark web for that. But there was I think there was one time where you had me f- try to figure out the number, like how many times the number of genera of some kind of animal go into how long it takes for something to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's like entirely <laughs> different uh, you measurements and units and. Goodness, uh, you got to get creative when you've got, you know, one dimension to work with. Okay, so I'm going to say, since I think that these are an ounce, I'm going to say that that means that 16 of them, 16 olives go into a pound. And you said um, six kilograms, so that's about 13 pounds. So that means that 208 olives were used in the liter, if my calculations are correct. I'm it's very likely that uh, an olive is nowhere near an ounce probably half an ounce or something like that but we're going to do an ounce um so 208 olives divided by five which is 41.6 so we're going to save round it up to a, a good uh, healthy 42 which is the uh also the answer to the universe in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy 42 what um... 42 genera or fam super families sorry Oh, I see. Go into the number of olives it takes to make a, a liter of uh, pure virgin olive oil. So the correct answer uh, leads me to believe that olives are much, much lighter than an ounce. Oh, darn it. Uh, the correct answer is 1,600. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It takes about 8,000 olives to make a liter of olive oil. But it, it, it's the it swung between like... Of uh, fifty five hundred to eight thousand, so it was a big swing. Wow, yeah, that always get thrown off by how uh, heavy an ounce is. <laughs> yeah, ounce is pretty hefty. I, I don't hold like gold bullion often, so I don't really have that kind of heft in my uh, in my ta- tactile memory. Well, that's all. That's all we got. Okay. What a very strange measure. Of. <laughs> It sure was. I got a couple of fast facts, and then we can move on to the major one. Um, and they're really, they're really fast, fast facts because there is not a lot of uh, info on this guy um, that you're not about to talk about. So they like to live these snails, olive snails. They like to live on uh, sheltered beaches with uh, relatively calm waves um, and drastic changes in tidal in t- the in in the tides uh and they also tend to live on the american west coast so both americas so it goes all the way from the gulf of california which is not in california <laughs> it's in mexico um and it goes all the way down the west coast to uh peru that's where they live cool and that's all i got 
let's talk about major facts. Um, show me the major fact. The fact is that olives, olive snails, like other snails, uh, utilize viscous mucus for a lot of different purposes. Yum. Me too. Uh, all snails are covered in a slimy mucus that helps them slide across surfaces with ease. Slowly, but easily. <laughs> but that's not all olive snails do with <laughs> That's the... not all olive snails. <laughs> <laughs> that's not all uh, I wrote she because I was watching a video that like had given that had gendered a snail and it was a it was a woman. Aren't they? <laughs> aren't they hermaphroditic? They might be. We yeah. talked about this with the African land snail. I think most snails are hermaphroditic. Well, her uh, he or she they they is better anyway because I'm talking about all snails. True. All all olives. All olive snails. <laughs> <laughs> Fast, fast facts in all olive snails yeah. about all olive snails. Uh, so that's not all they do with this snail snot. Olive snails are what is called suspension feeders, which means they get nutrients from particles floating around in the water. Crabs and shrimp and other bottom feeders do this too by basically like balling up some sand sucking the nutrients out of it and then getting rid of it. Yeah, have you ever seen like those crabs that like make little burrows and then there's like these little sand balls all around their burrows sometimes in like a spiral pattern? Yeah. That's because they're like sucking all the nutrients out of these sand balls and then depositing them in this nice little neat ball. They should make little sand s- snowmen, little sandmen underwater. They if if only they were more creative. Yeah. So anyway, to do this, the olive snail buries its shell and body into the ground and extends two appendages that that come out of their propodiums, like you had mentioned. The front part of the foot. Yeah. So there's the, these appendages come off of the the front part of the foot, and the foot in in a snail is basically everything. Yeah, it's just except stomach for what's and inside the snail. They extend these appendages uh, and mucus from their body creates a net that gathers up passing sediment. So it's like if you, when you wash your hands with soap and then you like spread your fingers apart, or if you've ever like done the thing where you like put your hands together and then like make a triangle and then there's a bubble that you can blow. Yeah. Basically it's the same thing. It's like they're taking their snot, (laughs) their body mucus, like making a little, you know, sail out of it with these appendages. Hmm. So as the sand and sediment and stuff passes through it, it gets collected in this little net. Then when they've got a good haul, they pull up the snotty net full of sand and nutrients and clean it all and uh, suck it all into their mouth parts. Yum. I like this story. (laughs) But all of snails use their mucus for more sophisticated locomotion. Well, mucus as in not just the mucus, but also their weird little appendages. So when an olive snail is finished with an area of the beach or if they need to make like a quick getaway, they spread their wings and fly, kind of. That's nuts. Olive snails have two flaps that, that, that they tuck in against their sides when they crawl around. Um, when they dig, they pull these flaps over the front part of their shell to sort of like grease their path through this sand tunnel. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a little sock that they pull over their shell and just kind of wriggle on down into a into the sand. A mucus sock for your shell just for wriggling. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, however, they can also flip onto their backs and fan out these flaps into an umbrella shape to catch the surf or what you called... What did you call it before? It's called... It's backwash. They live in a... Swash surfing. Swash. That's right. Yeah. So it's called... It's swash like... It's like the frothy tide, right? I think so. So this this allows them to quickly glide to new feeding areas. These these particular guy the the binomial name we're talking about are not the only tidal snail to be able to surf like this, um, but they're the only ones that do it with this umbrella shape. Uh, there's there's several different species that all do this surfing thing with different like shapes of their I almost said mantle but their foot yeah it's remember this is all with their foot yeah so like if you had this little appendage that could like turn into a giant sail maybe you could you know surf around as well but you're stuck using a board like an idiot 42 foot board (laughs) but yeah the 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 Pacific Coast is not just a place for human surfers. That's uh that's got to be kind of cute to watch. Yeah, oh, I guess. This little snail just like kind of using a a rudder-ish thing to 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 scoot along to to putts along the uh the tidal coast. A rudder. Yeah, I mean it's like it it doesn't function like a rudder, but it looks like it, I mean, it's just like a... Yeah, it looks like a, an umbrella to me. But it's like underwater. You usually think of that like that kind of stuff being a Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but th- there are other ones that have a, a smaller little... Like it's a foot that extends out. And then there's a small fan that's smaller than their body. So it doesn't catch as much of the, the current. But it, it helps them to, to, to surf in the same kind of way. Does that make them the fastest snails? <laughs> it might. That's pretty crazy. I thought they for a second do their you were going to tell me they scooting around, and they can use these like those those sails, the two like flipper things, to like to to move wi- like wa- like walking, not exactly walking, but like kind of like a turtle does. You know, it's hard to really describe that. Yeah, like a. Underwater, oh, <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't. See, I'm sure they could do something above water, but I've seen it underwater. Interesting. I gotta watch more videos of this. I also want to watch a video of 60 people on a on a surfboard. I'm sure they did take a video. Yeah. How how could you not? So is, is that all you got? That's all I got. All right. That was the olive snail, aka Olivella semistriata. So for you out there in podcastia. Put on your mucus wiggle sock. Ride the ocean waves using your foot as an underwater sail. And don't forget to deploy your mucus nets when feeding like the Olivella semistriata here in life, death, and taxonomy.
Hey LDT listeners, in case you haven't heard, we have merch available for purchase at teespring.com slash stores slash taxonomy tees. That's T-E-E-S. But if a worldwide pandemic doesn't have you prioritizing podcast merch, you can still support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast app for absolutely free. Either way, we're glad to have you here. Thanks for listening. I, I this this was a absolute monster to try to like research, but it. I'm glad we did like a little snot, little ocean snot monster, in this sea of big mammals that we have so far.